From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. For the week commencing October 25, 2015, I'm Graham VK4BB. This is WIA and the National News Service. The Project Horus balloon launch last weekend from Mount Barker in South Australia went well, had input from Adelaide area high school students and tested a new telemetry mode. The students designed and supplied a number of experiments in its launch box, while balloon group Project Horus provided tracking telemetry and recovery teams making it all possible. Several experiments included cameras, a weather station and other interesting student ideas to answer questions like, what does happen to a marshmallow and popcorn when you place it in a freezing near vacuum? The Adelaide Radio Experimenters Group, on its website, reported that the balloon was put up on Sunday, October 18 at 10am Adelaide time. A large number of students were at the launch site, piquing their curiosity and interest in science education, and they did ask many questions. The balloon and its launch box payload travelled 35 kilometres, reaching a maximum altitude of just over 26,500 metres during its flight time of just over two hours. In fact, two hours, two minutes, 20 seconds, all the twos. And it was recovered. The callsign VK5ARG was used on 434.45. That was Ritty. And as a backup, an experimental low data rate optimization mode, LoRa, a spread spectrum weak signal modulation on 431.65. Among the many trackers were those in Adelaide with others including VK5ALX and VK5NEX at Wyala and VK3BQSMC and VK3KCX in Melbourne. The flight was planned so that recovery would be relatively painless, with the target area being somewhere in the vicinity of Palmer in the Adelaide Hills. Grant Willis, VK5GR from Project Horus, has foreshadowed further exciting balloon flights in 2016. So congratulations to Project Horus and the Adelaide Radio Experimenters Group showing a great example of using amateur radio to further science education. WIA Board Talk and WIA joins the IARU 90th birthday celebration. Further expressions of interest are welcome from WIA members who can get on air under the special call sign VI90IARU and help celebrate the International Amateur Radio Union Jubilee. So far, 40 stations, each with 90 IARU suffix, have been heard and another 25 are due on air very soon. The IARU has a handsome diploma available to those who contact 90 IARU call signs from 10 different countries, members of IARU. Now, I know that sounds a little uh, incredulous, but that's not contacting 90 different stations, but contacting the call sign 90 IARU. Qualifying stations can get the free electronic diploma for QSOs between January 1 to December 31 this year, issued either as mixed CW phone or digital. The WIA will acknowledge all QSLs it receives for VI90IARU through the QSL Bureau. Expressions of interest in using the VI90IARU callsign by nominating the date and time UTC are now being taken by the WIA office from WIA members. The new call book, available soon. 
The Australian Radio Amateur Callbook for 2016 with its searchable CD contains a host of useful reference material and will be available in just a few weeks. WIA President Phil Waite, VK2ASD, in its foreword, notes that one of the great things about amateur radio is that it's constantly changing. For home constructors and experimenters, contesters or just Sunday afternoon ops, each year brings a new technology, new challenges and new possibilities. Phil, VK2ASD, says that unlike Facebook, Twitter and other popular social media platforms, amateur radio offers a great sense of technical achievement. This happens especially when some new contraption crackles into life or when you bag that elusive new country for one of the operating awards on offer. Maybe that technological challenge is why amateur radio is growing so strongly in nations where there's a strong emphasis on science and technology. Phil says in Australia we are seeing licensing and regulation changes. He reminds us that during 2016-2017 the Australian Government will implement the Spectrum Review recommendations. The new licensing system flowing from the review is not fully clear but it will be a new single license type based on a set of key parameters. The WIA is working closely with the Government and ACMA to ensure the best possible outcome for we radio amateurs. And the WIA is evaluating and restructuring its core activities, vitally necessary to improve member services and be ready to accept future opportunities as they arise. The IARU Region 3 meeting in Indonesia. The 16th Triennial Conference of International Radio Union Region 3 Triennial Conference, hosted by ORIRI, was held in Bali October 12-16. to a minute silence was observed in memory of Fred Johnson, ZL2AMJ, and Ken Pulfer, VE3PU, who became silent keys and had contributed much to the IARU. Fifteen societies were present and three represented by proxy. Also, there were those from the IARU in Region 1 and Region 2. IARU President Timothy Ellum, VE6SH, made a warm welcome on behalf of the IARU officers and the International Secretariat and thanked Arari for the conference. He then pointed out that WRC 15 is to be held in November and the IARU team would make their best effort for a possible allocation to amateur service near 5 megs. The Indonesian Minister of Communication and Information Technology, Mr Rudy Antara, in his welcome, recognised the important role of amateur radio in disaster communication in the archipelago. The Minister then, joined by other speakers, formally declared the conference open and jointly with Tim VE6SH struck the traditional gong. The conference then formed two working groups and submitted recommendations to all delegates at the plenary sessions. In addition, a separate finance committee looked at the budget and the dues were considered for the next three years. Elected as IARU Region 3 Directors were Ri Jung-gun, HL1AQQ, Shi Juendu, JE1MUI, Peter Young, VK3MV, Gopal Madhaven, VU2GMN, Winsu Wijaja, WB0AZ, and Don Wallace, ZL2TLL. Peter Lake, ZL1AZ, retired after having served many years as a director. Later, Gopal, VU2GMN, was re-elected as the chairman, while Katsumu, Ken, Yamamoto, JA1CJP, was returned unopposed as secretary. A farewell dinner was held by Arari in which Gopal gave his commendations to the retiring IARU secretary, Dave Sumner, K1ZZ, and Peter Lake, ZL1AZ, for their long service to the IARU. The conference discussed many papers with the URL for them in the text edition of this broadcast.
The 17th IARU Region 3 Conference will be at Seoul, Korea, late in 2018. The Wireless Institute of Australia provides a one-stop resource for news and information related to amateur radio matters. WIA releases posted on the website are periodically summarised and sent to all members who have a free email address of yourcallsign at wia.org.au and you can get one of those online. The website has a frequently asked questions section for those wanting to renew membership, change your details, rejoin amateur radio, seek a call sign recommendation and other queries. The current WIA Hot Issues website section covers all the major issues facing the WIA and you as an amateur radio enthusiast. If you want to know what the WIA is doing for you, Listen to the weekly VK1 WIA broadcast, read the monthly journal Amateur Radio Magazine and visit us at the website www.wia.org.au. From Australia, this is VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA Amateur Radio News Service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au Hey, buckle yourselves in. We've got him this week, Ono VK6 FLAB and what use is an F call? But just ahead of Ono, in discussion point, innovation spectrum use needs flexibility. The finite resource of the spectrum is becoming crowded as new products increasingly rely on its use to connect in this digital age. Until now, some have opposed new products by saying, not on my frequencies. Others claim interference to their existing operation or perhaps just don't want competition to cosy life. Jim Linton, VK3PC from the WIA, says a lot of research and development occurs on a product, including whether it meets the rules and will fit in with other users on the spectrum. There are many of the factors behind a product approval for use in an area, but they don't always meet the frequency assignments of all countries. Then again, there are the knockoffs or counterfeits of existing or similar wares or jammers that are outlawed in many areas. All types of non-complying radio-based equipment have been hard to stop at the border, particularly if carried in by unsuspecting tourists or bought online. Left to clean up the mess, mostly in a reactive manner, are licensees and the regulator. The current Australian Communications and Media Authority review proposed a new licensing regime and the federal government's innovation policy due in December may further reshape future spectrum use. What use is an F-call? When you operate your station on a regular basis, you might find yourself lulled into the belief that all is well with the world and that your station will continue to operate as expected. It worked yesterday, so why wouldn't it work today? Nothing changed. Having now operated my station for several years, and having been granted the opportunity to operate stations built and maintained by others, I can categorically state that nothing stays the same, ever. In fact, it's probably better to work on the assumption that your station is changing all the time, that it's different than it was yesterday, and even different than it was an hour ago. This variation is the result of a number of things that affect the operation of your station. The weather is an obvious influence. Antennas are subject to the wind, the rain and the sun, not to mention lightning and atmospheric ionisation. But the weather is not the only variable. Power supplies are fed by the grid, which fluctuates. Power supplies heat up and cool down. So does your radio. The connectors that connect the coax to your radio and the like. 
If you have an amplifier, it too heats up and cools down, contraction and expansion slowly doing their physics to trip you up. Jostling your connector or a coax might disconnect something that has been connected for years, or doing a test, plugging an antenna into another radio, might just be the straw that broke the camel's back. My point is that even in a so-called static environment, things change, all the time. If you pick up your radio and go mobile with it, you're used to things being in different places, wear and tear and the like, but in your home station you might not find such things nearly as easily. So, pay attention to what your radio is saying, watch the SWR, the power, the voltage, use the meters that are there to tell you that something is wrong. One day, it'll make the difference between a quick fix and a $1,000 repair. Just because it's working right now, doesn't mean it'll be the next time you key the mic. I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot, Lima, Alpha, Bravo. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the Albury-Wodonga region, it can be heard on 147.525 MHz at 10am Sunday and again at 7.30pm Sunday. I'm Frank, VK2BFC. International News. I'm John, VK2JPM. The new technology of drones, unmanned aerial vehicles, which often carry cameras, has administrations anxious to grapple with their use. Well, it seems where there's a need, there's an interceptor. The Drone Defender has emerged to attack drones which use ISM and GPS radio signals. Battelle Memorial Institute of Columbus, Ohio, USA, a private non-profit applied science and technology development company, has created a point-and-shoot deterrent device which emits radio signals to stop drones before they can pose a threat to military or civilian safety. Some administrations may deem these blockers to be outlawed or at least fall into the class of highly restricted radio jammers. Of concern could be other ISM band users and the ubiquitous GPS signals that control movement and location of law enforcement, emergency service vehicles, taxis and others. If you hunt on YouTube, you'll find a video of a drone defender using a Yagi-type antenna. In the UK, Ofcom have published a notice advising that steps are now being taken to revoke all UK amateur radio licences that have not been revalidated as required by the terms of the licence. The first tranche of revocations will affect those licences due for revalidation between September 2012 and January 2013. If you hold a UK licence and you haven't revalidated your licence within the last five years, you're in their sights. E.T. Call China. China's state-run Xinhua News Agency says the 500-metre Aperture Spherical Telescope, or FAST, will be completed in 2016, allowing researchers to detect radio signals and potentially signs of life from planets orbiting a million stars and solar systems. The country's military-led space program is constructing the world's largest radio telescope, a massive construction project. When completed, the dish itself will be the size of 30 football fields. But it has the potential to be a game-changer for our understanding of the universe and our search for life on other planets. Construction on the FAST project began in 2011 and is nestled in a natural indentation in Guizhou province's spectacular Cast Mountains. This half a kilometre diameter dish will eclipse the 305 metre dish at Arecibo in Puerto Rico, 
but only our VKZS square kilometre array, when completed, will be more sensitive. The FCC is about to weigh in on tinkering. The ARRL is listening for a clear signal from the FCC that it's okay for hams to modify non-amateur equipment to use on the air, especially Wi-Fi network devices. Recently proposed FCC rules affecting the authorisation of RF equipment have spurred concern in some corners of the amateur community that these rules would restrict or prevent hams from going on the air with equipment they'd modified. The AARRL comments say, in part, and I quote, The amateur radio service has a very long tradition of modification and adaption of commercial communications equipment. The League also pressed the FCC against limiting software-defined radios to SDRs intended for use exclusively in the amateur radio service. And finally, HAMS are revisiting Nepal's earthquake. HAM radio operators who responded last April to the devastating earthquake in Nepal still haven't forgotten the scenes of devastation in that Himalayan nation. And they're sharing the drama of the damage and the successful rescue work by recreating the experience during a puja, or Hindu worship gathering, in Kolkata. Organisers say the experience will be recreated with a simulated earthquake of a very low magnitude, courtesy of special light and sound effects, accompanied by vibrating motors. Says Anupam Dash, one of the organisers, and I quote, As one steps into the tunnel at the entrance, they'll feel slight tremors. When they pass through, a sense of devastation will lie before them. But our theme is not the damage itself, rather how India helped Nepal in rescue and relief. Our theme is humanity. Amateurs who are present to assist in the search and rescue in Nepal will conduct the live demonstration. The quake caused widespread damage and was responsible for the deaths of thousands. And that's international news. I'm John, VK2JPM. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Operational News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, Dateline 2015-2016. WIA Spring VHF UHF Field over the weekend of the 14th and 15th of November. 2016, Harry Angel 80 metre sprint, WIA provisional date, Saturday 7th of May. 10-10 International Summer Contest, August 6 and 7. Rapid Deployment Amateur Radio, Radar. Eddie Layton, ZS6B and E, has announced that on the 7th of November 2015, from 0000 hours UTC to 2359 hours UTC, the next International Ham Radio Radar Challenge will take place. This challenge is different to any other in the world. Note this is billed as an international event. You have 24 hours to make as many contacts as you can, but what is different here and what you need to take into account is you need to move your station after every five contacts for a particular distance depending on how you move. This applies to radar moving stations only. You may want to take part as a fixed radar station or field station. Your choice. Don't forget you need to think of hydration and food for energy, especially for on-foot operators. The South African Radio Leaves Contest Manual spells out the challenge quite nicely. Awards. Want an excuse to get out of mowing the lawns? 
Well, if you do, put Saturday the 28th and Sunday the 29th of November 2015 in your diary. On that weekend, a special activation event is going to be held for the Worldwide Flora and Fauna Program. What is Worldwide Flora and Fauna? The program, abbreviated as WWFF and also known as VKFF in Australia, is an international amateur radio program the purpose of which is to draw attention to the importance of protecting nature, flora and fauna, and to encourage the development of radio skills, especially in portable operations. Quite simply, amateurs operate portable from designated parks, and other amateurs make contact with the activators. WWFF is a great way to escape the ever-increasing noise floor at home, see the countryside, enjoy the great outdoors, and play radio. If wallpaper is your thing, then a large variety of award certificates are on offer within the WWFF program. So remember, the special VKFF Activation Weekend will be held on Saturday the 28th and Sunday the 29th of November 2015. Please note, if you do intend to activate a park on that weekend, please send an email to paul, vk5pas, at vk5pas at wia.org.au. A spreadsheet is being maintained of all activations, which will assist in preventing double-up activation and act as a reference point for activators and hunters. More information on the Worldwide Flora and Fauna Program can be located at www.ffaustralia.com That's www.ffaustralia.com Again, the weekend is Saturday the 28th and Sunday the 29th of November 2015. Look forward to receiving an email from you. Thanks for listening. I'm Paul, VK5 Papa Alpha Sierra, the Australian Coordinator for the Worldwide Flora and Fauna Program. The International Humanitarian Award a reminder on that item Jason VK2 LAW brought us last week. This annual AWL award goes to a radio amateur or group who demonstrates devotion to human welfare, peace and international understanding through amateur radio. It recognises amateur radio's unique role in communication and the assistance radio amateurs regularly provide to people in need. Nominations should include verifying statements from at least two people having first-hand knowledge of the events in the nomination. Submissions are due by December 31 and if the award is given, will be announced in the new year. National Parks in Victoria to be on air. The Keith Roger Memorial National Parks Award activation period is less than four weeks away, with 27 parks registered so far for the event. The latest being a weekend camping trip by Leslie VK5 LOL and Hans VK5 YX in the Wiperfeld National Park, about 450 kilometres northwest of Melbourne. Another couple, Julie VK3 FOWL and Joe VK3 YSP, are to be at the French Island National Park listening for both award and IOTA contacts. Visit the Amateur Radio Victoria webpage to either register a national park or see those taking part in the activation period of Friday the 13th until Monday the 16th of November. You can find the AR Victoria site and all VK clubs by going to wia.org.au and clicking on the club's link in the top line. Special event stations, DX, Beacon, Repeater and Net Advice. Jose LU1FM will activate San Andres Island now until the 27th of October using the call sign 5JOB. He will be on all bands 160 to 6 metres SSBN digital. 
QSL's Go to the Home Call, LU1FM. Beth, MW0VOW, is back in Mozambique and signing C91B until the 3rd of November. She will be accompanied by John ZS5J, who also holds a call sign C91J. A team of Cuban and US operators will operate as T42US from Havana to the 28th of October. They will also participate in the CQ WWDXSSB contest on the weekend. Bureau QSLs via K9DIG. To celebrate the 70th anniversary of the United Nations, the UNHQ Amateur Radio Club 4U1UN will be active as 4U70UN on the 24th and 25th of October. QSL manager is HB9BOU. A 12-man German team will operate as V73D from the Marshall Islands until the 28th of October. They will have four stations on all bands CWSSB and RITI. The IOTA reference is OC029 and QSL should go via club log OQRS. A multinational team are signing D4D from Boa Vista in the Cape Verde Islands, AF086, until the 24th of October. They are on 80 to 6 metres, SSP, CW and RITI. QSL manager is EB7DX. Oliver, W6NV, will be on the air as ZD7W from St Helena, AF022, until the 2nd of November. He will be active on all bands 160 to 10 metres, SSB and CW. QSL to his home call, W6NV. MX0YHA will commemorate the start of Greenwich Mean Time on the 24th and 25th of October. From Mount St Bernard Abbey, Leicestershire. The nominate HF frequency will be around 7.175 MHz. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, Enningham. Media watching we go, then I'll pick up the mic and we'll bring special interest group news to you. For the time being, Summerland Amateur Radio Club over in the Lismore region of VK2 is not broadcasting WIA News on VK2 RSC. Chris, VK2ACD, the club treasurer, says this is due to not being able to remotely turn off timeout timers on the two-metre repeaters. And south in VK3, EGARC, a temporarily off-air, Barnett Winton, VK3XBW, their secretary of the EGARC, advises this is because of a pending node 6008 rebuild and a software bug being resolved. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. From Media Watch to a watch on special interest groups, NASA's Launch Services Program has awarded multiple venture class launch service contracts to provide small satellites, also called CubeSats, microsats, or nanosatellites, access to low Earth orbit. The companies selected. Firefly Space Systems, Texas, Rocket Lab USA and Virgin Galactic of Long Beach, California. Word has been received that in celebration of the UN's 70th anniversary, 4U1UN will be activated as 4U70UN on Saturday 24 and Sunday 25 October. And AO85 Oscar number is assigned for FO4U1UN as 4U70UN on satellite this weekend. The ground station will be by UN Amateur Radio Club from the ground level garden area within the UNHQ complex in New York City and will be limited to their local daylight hours. Satellite operation is included in the plans. Note that 4U1UN is a separate DXCC entity. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, IOTA and the RSGB has announced the setting up of a new organisation called the IOTA Foundation. 
This will manage the IOTA program in partnership with RSGB, and one of the tasks for the new organisation will be to develop a new online credit system to be completed 2017. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio, Emergency Communications Exercises and a For Real Event. Around the world, various radio amateurs hold various exercises as they train and prepare for the time their skills may be needed to help the community. This weekend, Hamnet, the emergency group in South Africa, is running such an exercise with an electric power blackout theme. It'll test whether participating stations can run off-grid, which includes heating, cooling, cooking and lighting. Recently, we told you of another exercise. This time, the Mars scheme has the scenario of a solar coronial mass ejection disaster. Mars, with the Amateur Radio Emergency Service and Radio Amateur Civil Emergency Service, are finalising the plans for the make-believe disaster November 7-10. And this strong typhoon that hit northern Philippines was no make-believe event. Typhoon Lando made landfall in the northern Philippines, bringing strong wind, heavy rain, flooding, power outages, 23 deaths and the loss of vital infrastructure as it moves slowly for three days. The Philippine Amateur Radio Association, PARA, activated its HERO operation network, DX1PAR, on 7.095. HERO for Ham Emergency Radio Operations. JoJo, DU1VHY, said the HERO network was requested by the National Telecommunications Commission, who then coordinated with PARA to monitor affected areas through their local amateur radio associations. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Youngsters on the Air, RSGB Youth Video on Amateur Radio. The Radio Society of Great Britain has a new video production that shows off the diverse nature of amateur radio and is aimed at involving more young people. It involves homebrewing, DX, satellites, ARDF, computing, sending text or pictures, talking to the International Space Station and other activities by young girls and boys in a plain language tone that resonates with youth. The video promotes amateur radio as a hands-on skill-based activity, giving a greater understanding of technology beyond that of being just a consumer. The RSGB video, Amateur Radio, a hobby for the 21st century. Google it on its YouTube channel. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions. www.wia.org.au From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.